What should you do if your child comes home and tells you that a friend isn't treating them kindly? How do we support our kids in developing healthy friendships and weeding out the not so healthy ones? We're going to get into all that and more today, so stay tuned. Parenting, it's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three. And you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics. And I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hey friends, welcome back to Raised Resilient. I'm your host, Dr. Hillary, and I am so glad you're here. In today's episode, I'm answering a listener question, and our listener is wondering about how to support her seven-year-old daughter as she navigates friendship dynamics. This can be really tricky to navigate as a parent. How involved do we get? Do we tell our kids if we think their friends are not healthy for them? We're going to jump into all of that in just a minute. But first, I just wanted to remind you of an amazing free resource that I created for you. It's called Six Mindset Shifts to Ditch the Overwhelm and Parent in a Way that Feels Good. Here's the thing. If you're in a place right now where parenting doesn't feel good, if you're frustrated with your child all the time, if you are losing your cool constantly, if you're overwhelmed, if you're feeling like, I really want to try gentle, conscious, respectful parenting, but I feel like I'm going to get nowhere without punishments then this guide is literally your first step into a place where parenting actually feels good. And that is my goal for you, is for you to parent in a way that you genuinely feel good about, for you to parent in a way that feels good to your child. This guide is going to give you the foundational mindset shifts that we need to make as parents in order for us to start seeing the hard moments differently. We can't show up differently until we start to change the way we are seeing the hard moments. The exact same behavior can feel so different to us as parents when we have the right perspective. And that's exactly what this guide is about, is helping you get that perspective so that you can show up to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So go grab your copy today. It is totally free and you can get your copy at raisedresilient.com forward slash mindset. And if you have already downloaded your copy of this guide and you found it helpful, I would love to hear from you. Email me, Dr. Hillary. D-R-H-I-L-A-R-Y at raisedresilient.com. Your experience with this guide helps other parents. And so I would love to hear what you thought. And as a little fun bonus, if I think your words will be helpful to other parents, I might share them on a future podcast episode with your permission, of course. So send me an email and let me know what you thought. I would love to hear from you. Okay. So now let's get into our listener question. Our listener writes, I have a question about helping our children manage friendships. Specifically, how do we support them to realize when a friendship is a positive one versus something that's more negative? I have two daughters. My youngest is seven and in second grade, and she's struggling to handle negative friendship experiences. She has lots of friends with no drama attached and is a sweet and kind kid, but one of her friends has a push-pull relationship with her. One minute she wants to be best friends, and the next she's saying hurtful things. I struggle with how to help my daughter with her feelings around this dynamic. What I find most difficult is to see her go back time and time again, only to get hurt again. I am very aware that I'm projecting my own feelings about not wanting my daughter to experience pain and rejection. 
And I know it's impossible to protect our kids from inevitable unkindness from others, but I'm hoping for some tips so that I can help her to be more resilient in how she handles these interactions and the aftermath. Okay, so first I just wanna say to our listener, I think it's so great that you have the self-awareness to understand that you're having a hard time watching your daughter get hurt and rejected by this friend over and over again. That makes so much sense. You're human, and I think any of us would feel that way watching our child go back to this friendship that we know is not serving them. It's a completely valid way to feel, and your awareness of it allows you the space to make a choice about how to respond rather than being driven by your feelings, right? Because when we're not aware, that's when we can respond in these knee-jerk ways that aren't always super helpful for our child. So I am so glad that you have the awareness of how you're feeling and how that might be impacting how you're seeing the situation. So having that awareness is a really important first step because as parents, we all went through childhood, we all navigated friendships, and we all have stories of friendships that made us feel not so great. I mean, we've seen Mean Girls. Most of us have lived some version of Mean Girls, and it's really hard to watch our kids go through this. We want to jump in and protect them. That is such a normal and understandable impulse. So it's really important for us as parents, not just when we're helping our kids navigate friendships, but honestly, in every part of parenting, to have that self-awareness. What was my experience with this like as a child? What feelings and ideas and narratives am I bringing to the table here? Am I aware of those consciously? And if not, can I reflect and try to bring some of that into my conscious awareness? Some of this work we can do on our own and some of it requires the help of a therapist because we all have blind spots, right? And especially when we have trauma in our histories and some of us do have friendship trauma. It's important to work with somebody who can help shine a flashlight on those unconscious beliefs and worries and narratives that might be getting in the way of us supporting our kids in these moments. But our listener thankfully has this perspective. She knows, you know what? I want to be there for my child and I'm aware that I'm trying to protect her, but I'm going to take a step back and I want to figure out what is actually helpful for her in this situation. So here's the thing about our kids navigating social relationships on their own. It is wonderful practice for figuring out what feels good in a relationship and what doesn't. These relationships are opportunities for our kids to try on different friendship experiences and see what fits. And so while it is so natural to want to protect our kids from these more negative friendship experiences, it's actually really important to let them feel their way through these experiences so that they can learn from the inside out what a healthy friendship really feels like. So that's kind of the mindset shift here is that we need to look at these friendships, even the ones that we're like, oh, that is not healthy as learning experiences for our kids. So in terms of how we can support our kids, the single most important thing that we can do is to create an atmosphere in the parent-child relationship where our child feels safe coming to us and telling us how their friendships are going, how they're feeling in their friendships, what happened at school today. And if we do too much advice giving or solution finding, our kids are not going to come to us because that doesn't feel good. Think about it. Even if you are having a friendship issue and you come to your partner and you say, okay, so today so-and-so said this to me and it made me feel really bad. And your partner says, well, just don't be friends with them anymore. That's not going to feel very good, right? If it was that simple, you would have already made that decision and moved on. You're looking for support, not for solutions in that moment. And equally importantly, we need to avoid judging our kids. Why are you still spending time with her? I don't get it. 
She makes you feel so bad. Just think about how you would feel if your partner said that to you. You would start to feel like, oh, well, why am I still spending time with her? What's wrong with me? Or the opposite might happen and you might get indignant and kind of shut down. Okay, my partner clearly doesn't understand my friendship with this person, so mental note, I am not going to talk to them about it anymore. We don't want our kids to feel like that when they come to us and tell us about friendship dynamics. So instead of offering solutions and instead of judging, why are you still doing this to yourself? We need to hold space and get curious. When we can do those things, our kids are going to feel safe coming to us. And we want to cultivate that now because trust me, as our kids get older, it's going to be even more important and developmentally appropriate for them to be spending lots of time with their friends. We want our kids to come to us and say things like, you know what, mom, there was drinking at that party last weekend. Or, hey, dad, this friend that I'm spending time with makes me feel really uncomfortable and I'm not sure what to do. So that starts now by being an open, non-judgmental, safe listener for your child. I want you to make your mantra, get curious. And I say it like that. I call it a mantra because you might literally need to be repeating it in your head so that you don't say things like, why are you still doing this to yourself? Or what do you even see in her? I know it's so hard not to say those things sometimes. So you can literally be repeating in your head, get curious, get curious. So when your child comes to you and says, mommy, today Amaya was mean to me. She said that I looked weird or she said that I wasn't smart or whatever other unkind thing this child might've said to your child. Getting curious might sound like this. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. So yesterday Amaya was really kind to you. And today she said something that hurt your feelings. Is that right? And then you might say, tell me more about it. Or what was that like for you? You can also validate and say, that sounds really tough. And then ask your child, how did you handle that? Again, what we want to say is, oh my goodness, that's so mean. Why would she say that to you? I wouldn't spend any more time with her if I were you. But it's really important to just help your child see what's going on and tap into her own feelings about it. Another common but challenging friendship dynamic I see among young kids, and parents ask me about this all the time, is where a child will sort of blow hot and cold. So one day they want to play with your child and they're best friends, and the next day they're kind of ignoring your child and playing with someone else. This can be really common as kids experiment with how they want to be in relationships and who they want to spend their time with. And it's often not necessarily mean-spirited, but it's hard on the kid who feels like they're getting rejected half the time. So we can also use that as an example to help you understand what it could sound like to get curious when your child shares a less-than-ideal friendship dynamic with you. So when your child comes to you and says, Mommy, today Jenna didn't play with me. Yesterday she wanted to play with me the whole time at recess, and today she didn't want anything to do with me. It was like she was actually ignoring me. Getting curious might sound like... Hmm, so yesterday Jenna wanted to play with you all of recess, but today she didn't want anything to do with you and she didn't talk to you at all. That sounds tough. What was that like for you? And then your child might say something like, it was bad. I felt really bad and I didn't understand. Or it made me feel really sad. I felt like she didn't like me anymore. And then you might validate. I really get that. I would feel pretty bad too if my friend wanted to play with me one day and then not the next. And then again, you're going to get curious. So what did you do today at recess while Jenna was ignoring you? Depending on your child, she might say, I just sat by myself and didn't play with anybody. Or she might say, well, I just played with Sawyer instead. And so then you can ask about that. Okay, so you played with Sawyer instead. What was that like? 
Or if she sat by herself, you can say, what was that like to sit by yourself at recess? And your child is probably going to say, not fun. So in that situation, you can get curious again and say, I wonder if there's any other choices you could have made when Jenna was ignoring you today. Did you have to sit by yourself or what other options might you have had? And then your child might come to it on her own to say, well, I could have played with someone else. I know it's really tempting in these situations to jump in and say, well, why did you sit by yourself? You should have just played with somebody else. Or why don't you tell the teacher that Jenna's ignoring you? That's not kind. But going back to the example of you sharing something about a friendship with your spouse and your spouse starting to tell you, well, why don't you just stop hanging out with her? Or why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? When you are wanting to vent about a situation, none of that feels good. You are looking for support and not somebody else's solutions. And our kids will tune us out if we just lecture them on what they should do. But if we ask questions and we get curious and we let them give honest answers, sometimes our kids are going to solve those situations for themselves. So I'm going to share a story that's probably going to seem really unrelated to this topic, but I promise you I'm going to bring it back. So bear with me. But when I taught kindergarten to emotionally at-risk kids decades ago, I taught a little boy whose parents were getting divorced and it was a really difficult transition for him. And so he had packed this backpack full of snacks and water and toys. And the backpack became sort of a security blanket for him during a time that felt really tumultuous and unpredictable in his life. Pretty adaptive, right? For a five-year-old. But the problem was that this backpack was getting in the way of him living his life. He did not want to take it off. Like even at home for bath time, it was a fight. And also he kept adding things to the backpack. So every day he came in, it was a little bit heavier than the day before. And you could see that he was so torn because he wanted to go play with his friends, but like he literally couldn't because of this really heavy backpack, especially at recess. But we knew that if we set a limit, if we said, hey, you need to take that backpack off or you're not going outside for recess, we knew that would do nothing for him working through this difficult transition. We knew that us setting a limit was not the answer. This was something he needed to solve for himself. But as his teacher, it was also my job to help him. So the way that I helped him, rather than coming in and setting a limit or saying, can't you see that your backpack is making it so that you can't play with your friends? Your backpack is the cause of your frustrations. I didn't say that. Instead, I just observed, huh, so you really want to go play with your friends on the playground. You want to do the monkey bars like your friends are doing, but the backpack is so heavy that you can't. That's really tough. I wonder what you're going to do. On the one hand, you could take it off and go play with your friends, but then you wouldn't have your backpack on. On the other hand, you can wear your backpack and feel safe, but then you're not playing with your friends. Seems like a tough decision, but I know you're going to figure it out. We made observations like this around the backpack and the conundrum it put him in for months. And I could tell he was hearing us and the gears were turning, but he kept bringing the backpack to school until one day he showed up without the backpack. And I asked him, I said, so where's your backpack? And he just looked at me and smiled. I decided I don't need it anymore. And that was it. He was able to go off and play with his friends. He came to the decision on his own that this backpack wasn't actually helping him anymore. It wasn't actually keeping him safe. He decided he didn't need it anymore. And he did that on his own timeline. And all we did was observe the conundrum in front of him. So how does that relate to helping our kids with their friendships? Well, We want to observe the conundrum that they're facing without telling them exactly what we think they should do. 
unless they're asking directly, in which case, yeah, of course it's okay to answer your child. So in this situation where we have a seven-year-old whose friend is pushing her away and then pulling her back in and pushing her away and pulling her back in, we can observe that conundrum when our child shares it with us. So your child shares that her friend was unkind to her today. And so we can say, yeah, so yesterday she was kind to you and today she said mean things and she kind of does this sometimes, right? She's kind sometimes and mean sometimes and you never really know which version of your friend you're going to get. That sounds tough. And you can ask your child, is it like that with your other friends? Do you just kind of never know when they're going to randomly be mean to you? Or do you sort of never know when they're going to play with you? And most likely your child is going to say, well, no, my other friends are always nice to me. They always want to play with me. And then you can get curious again. You can ask your child, so what's that like? What's it like to know that whenever you want to play with your friend, they're going to be there and they're going to be friendly to you? Most likely your child is going to say, well, it feels good knowing that my friend wants to play with me. And so then you might just kind of drop an observation out there like, hmm, so different friendships feel different. Some feel really good and some feel good sometimes and other times not so much. Another great tool to use in these situations so that we can talk to our kids about what's going on and tell them what we think is happening without coming down and giving them a specific solution or judging them or telling them you shouldn't be friends with this person is to use stories of sameness. And what I mean by that is just to tell your child a story of how you handled something like that when you were younger. And if you don't have an exact story, feel free to sort of finagle it, so to speak, so that you can make your story fit the situation. So for example, in this situation, you might say something like this. You know, when I was in second grade, I had a friend just like Jenna. She would want to play with me some days and other days she would play with other girls and totally ignore me. And it was really hard. The key here is to keep it about you. Don't try to draw direct parallels. I promise you, your child's gears are turning. Most likely your child's going to say, well, what did you do? How did you handle it? And then you can say, well, you know what? After a while, I realized it didn't feel good to be friends with this person who I couldn't count on. So I just kind of started spending my recess with other friends. And then on days when that friend did want to play with me, I invited her to join me and my other friends. And on days when she didn't, she just did her own thing. And it didn't bother me because I made friends that I could count on. Another really helpful thing you can do is to ask for your child's advice on a similar situation you're facing currently in your own life or create one if you need to. So for example, you know, I have this colleague at work who is really kind to me sometimes, but other times she says things that hurt my feelings. I'm not sure what to do or if I should say something to her. What do you think I should do? This is great because not only does it help your child problem solve in a way that feels safer because it's one step removed from their lived experience, but it also helps them problem solve using their full brain rather than their limited emotional brain that tends to rule the show when they're solving their own emotionally laden problems. Plus, it's really empowering for us to ask our kids for advice. It shows that we trust them and we value their opinions. So that's always a great thing to do if you want to feel connected to your child. The key is to do it in a way that empowers your child, but doesn't burden them. So don't ask your child for advice on situations that you actually are really triggered by or struggling with, right? This is more of showing your child that you really do value their opinion on things that you already kind of have a handle on, but you're interested in knowing what they think. Again, you do not want to draw direct parallels. It's really important to let your child draw her own parallels because we want her to figure this out for herself. 
Remember that the goal with friendships is not for us to come in and say, I judge this one to be good and this one to be not so good. And so you shouldn't really spend time with that person. The goal is to help empower our kids to know what feels good in a relationship, to feel in their bodies what feels good about how people treat them, how they deserve to be treated in a relationship, and to figure out when something doesn't feel so good. And we're going to help them do that by observing, by getting curious, and by holding space and validating. We can use stories of sameness. We can talk about our experiences, but we want to be careful not to come in and prescribe. And so this is what you should do in this situation. We always want those lines of communication to be open so that our kids feel safe coming to tell us these vulnerable truths, like I'm getting rejected by this person, or this person said something mean to me. Now, that doesn't mean that you always have to be cryptic or dancing around the issue. It's okay to ask your child as part of getting curious, do you still want to be friends with Jenna? I know some days she's ignoring you and you're telling me that that feels really bad. So I'm wondering if you want to keep this friendship. It's okay to ask that. It's okay to be that direct. That's just you getting curious. That's not you telling your child what to do. And you can also be even more direct than that if your child is open to it. You can say, you know, I have some concerns about your friendship with Jenna. Are you open to hearing them? But the key here is to be respectful of whatever your child says. If your child's like, no, I don't want to talk about that, then we need to respect that. But if your child says, yeah, I'm open to hearing them, then of course you can share that and you can have a conversation. So I'm not saying that you can never be direct. I am saying you've got to read the room. You've got to make sure that you're respecting your child and not getting in the way of them processing these feelings about these friendships in their bodies really downloading what it feels like to be in a healthy friendship versus a not-so-healthy friendship. If we just come in and set limits and tell them what they should do, they're never going to have that experience and be able to discern that as they get older and one day don't have us right there next to them. The key here is really being attuned to your child. Your child might come to you and say, what do you think I should do, mom? In which case, you can absolutely tell your child what you think they should do. But a lot of times, kids are not ready to hear what you think they should do. And a lot of times, kids are not ready to give up the friendship, even if you tell them that's what they should do. They need to continue to experience this a little bit to really come to their own conclusion about it. And one other thought is that a lot of times, kids will work these things out on their own because the other child in this situation is also experimenting and learning. My kindergartner had a similar situation come up this year at school where he was playing with somebody every day on the playground. And then one day, this little boy wanted to play with somebody else. And so he felt like his friend had gone and deserted him. And I just kind of listened and held space. And then I asked him about it a few weeks later. I said, hey, so how's it going with so-and-so? And he said, oh, well, actually, now he plays with me and my other friends and we all just play together. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So they worked it out on their own and it never became a capital P problem. It was just changing friendship dynamics and all of these kindergartners navigating that together. And so again, when in doubt, just hold space as an open-minded listener, get curious by asking questions, make neutral observations that are just factual, like, huh, so I noticed that this is what's happening and this is how you're telling me you feel about it without putting judgment like, so therefore you should not, right? We want to stop ourselves from that last step and then validate. That sounds really tough and keep those lines of communication open. I'm here if you ever want to talk more about this. Thank you so much for sharing that with me and telling me how you're feeling. I really appreciate that. 
our kids are going to have lots of different friends. And some of those friends we are going to love and we're going to love for our kids. And some of those friends we are going to think, what in the world does my child see in this person? And that's a normal part of being a parent. Our kids have to go through these experiences to really know what they want in a friend. That's how they learn. And I do, before wrapping up, just want to make a quick disclaimer that I am not talking about situations where there is actual abuse going on in a friendship or bullying. If they are doing something that is overtly causing your child harm, it's important to make sure that you're taking the right steps to protect your child. And I am going to do a whole episode on bullying. So stay tuned for that because it's more than I have time to get into today. But I just wanted to differentiate between tricky friendship dynamics and actual bullying or abuse. Those are very different things. So I hope this episode has been helpful. As always, if this episode sparked further questions, please reach out drhillary at raiseresilient.com. And until next time, we've got this. I so appreciate you listening and being here. It really means the world to me. And if you are enjoying this podcast, leave a review and share with someone who could use this message. I really and truly believe that this is how we change the world. We spread the word about raising resilient kids, about being cycle breakers. So share this podcast, leave a review, and let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Until next time, we've got this.